Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Figured I'd start the show today because Matt's just so angry. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Wait. Well, there are a couple yeah. of things that got me fired up today, but are, but aren't mean, surprising at least. I am. Um, it's uh, you're just upset about everything. (laughs) So what are you mad about today? Well, today it's the whole thing going on with with Ben Simmons basically just continuing to be his old same spoiled brat self. There's one thing, and I don't think he's I don't think he's playing a game for the Sixers ever again. I don't think he is either. I, I said this. Before all this started, if you're when he, when as the season was coming, it looks like he was still going to remain a Sixer for now. The minute he goofs up, you suspend him not for one game like they did today. You suspend him indefinitely until you trade him, so he stays away from the team. It should not be just be for one game. Stop giving this guy chances. He doesn't want to be there. None of the guys want him to be there. You hear a quote clearly from JoJo: "Suspend him indefinitely until you trade him." That's all. That's all you have to do. Stop playing this thing out. Stop trying to give him chances or excuses to make this look good. Because it doesn't. It hasn't been since Game 7 last year. Just send him out until you trade him. That's all they have to do. And then with the Yankees, bringing Aaron Boone back, again, no surprise. But I don't, I'm not, I don't understand the mixed messages from the owner, from Hal Steinbrenner. We're going to bring you back, but I demand better. And your bullpen question, your bullpen moves were questionable, but we're still going to bring you back anyway. I, I have no idea what the Yankees are doing right now. So those are the two things like, I'm fired up about today. Hmm. I'm not really fired up about anything. All right, so... Um... <laughs> I didn't think you were. As far as, as far as Penn State stuff goes, everything is pretty much as is, and we know everything that we need to know right now. I I rarely am fired up about a lot of stuff. Yeah, sure. I'll come up. But the difference is that, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Let's take the Tennessee situation. See, I'll sit here and sometimes I'll come up with what I think are solutions. Yeah, you, know, you go. Oh, they did this. They're awful. They did this. Blah blah blah. You know. Okay, it's one thing to sit there with words. We're going to find them two hundred fifty thousand, which, by the way, is the max you can be fined. Okay. So I mean, it's not it's not one of those. Oh my God, how weak is that? It's the max you can be fined. So okay, in the SEC. So in order to make your complaint, you have to actually know the rules. Um, that's one. But then you come up with solutions, and you look around, and say, hey, you know what? You do it again. Your next SEC home game is a road game. I'm sorry, that's called a solution. There you go. That tells people, okay, that's a solution. Yeah. Uh, well, it would, it would it, things wouldn't even out. Blame your fans. Get them under control. Get your people under control. Right? 
If, if you can't get them under control, we will. We'll start taking away home games. I don't care how much money they paid. Right? Start start policing yourselves. You give them one more chance. The next time that happens, right? You are losing. You know, your next SEC home game is a road game. And if it's the last game of the regular season, your SEC opener, that your SEC home opener is a road game. In other words, you'll pay for it. You know, you don't penalize the players. Even though you make them go on the road, that's a penalty to them. But the penalty is your fans acted like that. So you, you know, you have to come up with solutions. The Yankees, the Boone thing I don't get. Um, because it's not it's not that I'm for firing people you know me I'm, I'm not for firing anybody but when I'm looking at what he's done it I know they had a lot of injuries so that part I got they're not a good base running team that part I got they have more guys thrown out in the bases than anybody else. That part I got. They have more players thrown out at home plate than anybody else. That part I got. Uh, they had a lot of mixed. It was a mixed bag for them. When it came, when it comes to how the season played out with their pitching, some of that's injury related. But I'm going to relate baseball to football here. For a moment. The Bills game against the Titans last night. The Bills decide on fourth down and goal to go for it. Right? What was it? Fourth and goal from the two? It was it was fourth and inches from like the four or five yard line, but yeah. Okay. But they're gonna go with but only seconds left, right? They only have seconds left. Correct, yeah. So, what a gutsy call, blah, blah. I don't think it's a gutsy call. I don't think it was a smart call at all. Go to overtime. Okay, you got 10 extra minutes. If your defense is as good as I think it is, you know, no worse do you come out with a field goal if you lose the, the coin toss. And if you win the coin toss with your offense, boom, you could you could be down the field and score a touchdown and end the thing. Um, you buy yourself more time. Yet... What does analytics tell you to do? Analytics tells you over and over again, and I'll relate this to to Boone in a moment, over and over again that you should be going for it on fourth down. Analytics tells you every fourth down you should go for. That's what they say. Because, you know, you get 10 yards, four downs, hey, average two and a half yards, boom, you, you, you got it. Okay. And... That's the way it works. And, of course, you know how I feel about sabermetrics. I think sabermetrics are incredibly useful in terms of helping you shape certain things along the way or else confirming certain things that are happening. But when it comes time to coaching or managing a game, you got to coach and manage the game. Right? You just can't sit there with your card the entire time and have the card tell you what to do. And this is where sabermetricians get mad at people like me. I'm, you know, I'm old, I'm antiquated, I'm a dinosaur, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Right? Exponentially more experienced than you. Okay? Seen a lot more. And 
that's not putting them down, but they have a tendency to put down people that think that you should be able to use your gut once in a while. Now, did Sean McDermott use his gut? I don't know, but going forward on fourth down is an analytics thing to do. Back to Boone now. Boone is so married to analytics, I think at times it hurts his team because they don't play free and instinctively. It's not the way to go. And that's led to all of his bullpen decisions, which has been questionable even inside the organization. I mean, you, when you sit there and when the game's over with, they say, well, you know, analytically that's the way to go. Look, my eyes tell me whether the guy's got it or not. And I'll give you an example of an anti-analytics move last night that could have ramifications. Last night, Eduardo Rodriguez is out there with a 9-3 lead. I thought for sure Adam Adovino was coming in in the sixth inning, and Alex Cora said no. Alex Cora sent Rodriguez out for the sixth, facing, by the way, that lineup for the third time. And he got a 1-2-3 inning. Well, guess who didn't pitch? Adovino didn't pitch. And Whitlock didn't pitch. Right? They, you know, they rolled in Robles for an inning, Two innings from Martin Perez, they were done. They saved their bullpen for the next two days because you have three games in three days at Fenway Park. So by throwing out Rodriguez for an extra inning, that kept him from bringing on Avino in the game, which means now he's fresh for tonight if they need him and if need be on on Wednesday. Right? So that's an anti-analytics move. Oh, no, you can't send him out for the third time. can't do that. Right? That was one of those, look, I like what I see. He's handled this part of the lineup. I'm going to keep, I'm going to give him another chance to go out there and do it. And he did. Well, now by doing that, he has now set up the next two games where he's got fresher arms. Now, it may not work because the fresher arms may have a bad day or Houston's offense may absolutely take off. I mean, they, you know, all this stuff about sports that makes it so fun is it's so unpredictable. But in terms of the planning of it, that extra inning from Rodriguez was a slice of gold for, for the manager moving forward for games four and five. The issue is, is that outside of Garrett Cole, would Boone have done that? And I don't think he would have. You know him better than I do. I would tend to agree. Or if he did, he would get you would use him for like an inning and then move on to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, again, sabermetrics and all these people that put all this effort into sabermetrics are do phenomenal work, great work. They think of stuff. You sit back and go, wow, they've thought, of, they've thought of everything. But it doesn't mean you have to use all of it. Some of it doesn't fit. And part of it is, is they don't take in, that they don't take into account, and this is something Neil Kulong and I are going to talk about next week. Okay, next week. Um, and that is Matt Canada. Is he doing the best he can schematically with the personnel he has. Now, you have people that would talk in general about scheme. Oh, the scheme, oh, the scheme is bad. Scheme, 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 scheme. Okay? 
you never hear anybody talk about, does the scheme fit the personnel you have? I never hear anybody talk about that, ever. They just use the general term, scheme. Okay? Depends on who's in the game. Depends on who's in the game. Depends on who's available. I mean, stuff that you'd love to run. Can't do it. Can't do it because of who's in the game. Can't do it because there's something that's a great play. And guess what? You run into practice and one guy doesn't get it. Oh, you can do it. No, you can't. One guy doesn't get it, the whole play gets blown up. See, that's where you've got to that's where you've got to be able to quote coach your team and understand what you're seeing and not just what a number tells you. And that's what, you know, there's a lot of elements that go into making decisions like that. And I'm wondering with Sean McDermott last night if he just went on gut feel and it didn't work, okay? Or if he went on, hey, analytics says you you should go for it on fourth down. I don't know. I don't know what his answer was after the game. But, you know, that's the... But I'm glad that um, you're you're fired up today. <laughs> Aren't you always glad for the most part? Sure. Yeah. No, he adds a little juice and spice to the show. There's no question <laughs> about that. Brett Bielema was fired up about his team yesterday. We'll talk about that in a moment. Sponsored by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants, uh, you know. That's not my job. Our job is not to babysit somebody. You, sir, are my hero! Joel Embiid reading a script that Matt Catrillo wrote for him. (laughs) There you go. Look, I, I have uh, over the years. I've been, I think, more than fair about Ben Simmons. Uh, probably too fair. Uh, I was never crazy about his game at LSU. Never. I was like, okay, no offense. I don't quite see it. I know he's a big man who can pass, and he's not a bad defender. But as an offensive player, I looked around and said, in this league, you got to be able to do more than what he does. 
And now he's he's acting like a spoiled brat. He's not, you know, the, look, he's been half-hearted in practice the entire time. And Doc, look, to be honest with you, anybody will tell you in the league, if you can't play for Doc Rivers, you can't play for anybody. Guy knows what he's talking about, knows what he's doing, and the, the players will tell you, treat you really well. Okay. And he's treating Doc like he's, you know, some second-rate guy. And he's, you know, his organ, you know, the people around him have, have mouthed off about things. So he'll, he's never going to play a game for the Sixers again. He's done. He's done. Yeah. And if I'm the Sixers, I just let him sit there and just not. I mean, I don't even trade him. I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to appease him by trading him. I'm not going to trade him. Back with him. Have him sit there and just look around and go, what's going on here? How come you won't trade me? It's a, yeah, guess what? You know, we don't think you're worth the time to trade. Leave it at that. You know, we gave you a choice of coming back. You know, he came back and this is how you treated us? No. We'll win without you. We don't need you. All right. And you go from there. In a related move, uh, the Sixers have signed Aaron Boone to be their point guard. (laughs) I'm just trying to get you to laugh. You need to have some joy in your life. Oh, my almighty! People listen to the show, they don't think you have any joy in your life. No spark. I mean, when you tell me the, the part you're looking forward to the most is the staff meeting, I get scared. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. So is this, now, for Shikolimi, is this the next to last week of the season? Yes. Okay. Now, can here comes a ridiculous question. Tell me they're not in the playoff mix. Um. Oh, God. I think they are barely because of the lack of... Because of the lack of numbers, but I have to I have to look up the exact numbers and see where things are at this point. I know that the power the power rankings just got put out. Look, you got to be 500 or better to be in. That's it. All yes. these numbers and power rankings and things like that. You know what? When you do stuff like that, no offense, you're making a mockery of postseason. Okay, that's not the purpose of postseason. Purpose of postseason is to take deserving teams and have them find out in the end who wins it. Okay? Not putting in teams, with all due respect to the kids and the coaching staff, they're all working hard. They just got a lot of things working against them. But I'm sorry, you can't make a mockery of the postseason and put teams in there under 500. Sorry. Adjust. If there are only five teams that qualify, adjust. If there are four teams that qualify, adjust. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us. Steve Jones with you along with Captain Bitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. 
Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which means so much. It's all at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And no, that's not my Twitter handle. No. So we're going to have Jim Jackson on instead of the high school roundtable. We're going to move it. Oh, that's sorry. That's going to be 406. Yeah, sorry. I gave you the wrong no. time slot. Okay. Yeah. He acts, like I don't, he acts like I don't pay attention. It's kind of scary. I mean, you act like I don't pay attention to anything you do. And what's happening is you're allowing your bitterness now to get in the get way. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Yeah, I deserve that one. Tomorrow, Case Scott. New voice of the Sixers, who um, will never get to call a Ben Simmons game. <laughs> Ever. Good for her. You're gonna, I'll tell you, you're going to really like her. She's all, uh, Kate is ultra-prepared. Ultra-prepared. Um, and uh, great personality, too. Her She will work really well with Ella Abdelnabi. And that will be tomorrow on the show. We have Neil Kulong today. Always great to have Neil on the show. Nick Rolovich is out as the head football coach at Washington State. What is interesting about this is that they don't say it straight out, but there is a two-part, there are two stages to his removal. And it apparently, if you read between the lines, he cleared the first part. In other words, he, you get the feeling in reading it that he may have received the religious exemption. But it is then up to the supervisor to accommodate that. And when you read between the lines, it sounds like Rolovich and the four assistant coaches received their exemptions, but Washington State was not going to accommodate them. So here's the quote from Pat Chun, who's the athletic director at Washington State. The noncompliance with this requirement renders Rolovich ineligible to be employed at Washington State University and therefore can no longer fulfill the duties as a head coach of our football program effective immediately. It's disheartening to be here today. Our football team is hurting. The Washington State community is fractured. Today will have a lasting impact on the young men on our team and the remaining coaches and staff. Also fired were assistant coaches Ricky Logo, John Richardson, Craig Stutzman, and Mark Weber. After they did not comply with Governor Jay Inslee's proclamation that was issued in August that by, by October 18th they had to be vaccinated. Chun said there might be no precedent for a team losing a take coach and so many assistants in the middle of the season. Jake Dickert, the defensive coordinator, takes over. They'll play BYU Saturday. 
Rolovich, of course, is a state employee under how it works. Um, the university provided multiple educational sessions for its coaches and staff about the vaccine, its uh, efficacy, and also the process. Okay, Chun confirmed Rolovich's departure will be characterized as for cause due to his inability to meet the requirements outlined in his contract. As such, he will not continue to be paid per the terms of his contract. The university used a blind evaluation process, meaning the two-person committee just had a piece of paper with the exemption and whatever reason there, but don't know who put it in. The committee returned its ruling yesterday, and while Chun did not explicitly confirm how the committee ruled, it can be inferred the religious exemption was granted at that stage of the process because Chun said Rolovich's accommodation request was denied. That's the second step of the process. After the religious exemption was granted, it would be for the supervisor, in this case Chun and the university president, to decide if accommodations could be made for Rolovich to fulfill all of his contractual duties. Chun said Rolovich's accommodation request was denied. He didn't say his religious request was denied. It indicates an evaluation was made beyond the initial exemption request, so he was done no matter what. Rolovich was informed of his dismissal by Chun yesterday afternoon and left immediately after the meeting concluded. He did not address the team. Chun talked to the team, which I'm sure was a fun-filled time. So no matter what, he was done. You can tell between the university president, because the university president's quoted here as well, between the university president and the athletic director, they'd made up in their mind that he was finished. And the bailout would be the religious exemption was denied, so thus automatically they could do it and didn't have to worry about it. When it was evidently, it sounds like it's inferred that it was approved, they then had to just say, well, we're getting rid of him anyway. So he was out no matter what. Very interesting. And let's be let's be honest. This is the most we've talked about Washington State football in years. Oh, my almighty! But... This is, and he's the only coach in the Pac-12. Uh, to our knowledge, do you know of any other head coaches in Power Five that are not vaccinated? I don't know of any. Do you? Not that I can think of. Yeah, but you're too busy getting mad at everything to, to read anything. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I can't think of any. Now, let's get to Brett Bielema. Did you see this yesterday? I saw a little bit of it, and I think he needs to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> well, it's not a question of toning it down. That's the okay. I've got. I'm, I'm going to go a little bit deeper than that. Okay, I'm going to go deeper than that. Um, 
I'll read what what he said first. All right. This and it's about his team. And now part of it he's most of it he's talking about the offensive line, but he's talking about the team in general here. All right. And he goes out and he says, as a head coach, you're only as good as your roster. Okay. I just know this as a head coach, you're only as good as your roster. I kind of learned that the first time I went to the Kentucky Derby, right? Nobody was betting on the jockeys. Everybody was betting on the horses. So to win the Derby, you got to have the right horse, and I think our players are going to be a reflection of what our program stands for. I stood in front of the room last year when I took over and said everybody is invited back because of COVID, and they gave me the opportunity to do that. But as this roster continues to transition, I've got to make tough decisions. Players have to make decisions. The ro- the roster is going to have to change to get where we want to go to win a Big Ten championship. All of, all 22 of Illinois' super seniors did return for another season, highest in the nation. Several other, quote, normal seniors will still have one year of eligibility remaining, but Bielema made it clear nothing's guaranteed. One area of concern he pointed out is up front. Nearly all of the Illinois offensive linemen this season, with the exception of Julian Pearl, are in their final college campaign. That group will be a high priority moving forward, in particular the offensive line. I don't believe we have a player in the two deep that the previous coaching staff recruited over the last three years really is going to do anything significantly to help us in the playing department. Yikes. I mean, he then went on to talk about the quarterbacks, how the quarterbacks haven't been developed, even though they're transfers. And you're sitting there like, hey, when you take over a team, here's my point. The second you walk in that room and you look at everybody in the auditorium, guess what? Every single player is now your player. They aren't the other guy's players. They're your players. You're responsible for them. You're responsible for their development. You're responsible for helping with their hopes and dreams. You're responsible for their concerns. They're your players. And remember... When he's talking about the development, you know, they haven't they haven't been developed. Guess what? You had spring practice with them yet in the preseason. Part of the responsibility is yours. No offense. Now I'll give you a couple of uh, updates for them. Number one, running back Mike Epstein, who's had an, unfortunately an injury riddled career, he's out for the rest of the season. Fifth year senior, uh, started in the opener against Nebraska, scored a touchdown but then got hurt against the Texas San Antonio. He hasn't played since his season's over. Uh, Jake Hansen. You've, you've heard me talk many times about what a really good linebacker I think he is, and he is. Unfortunately, he's out of the lineup for the rest of the season. So he won't be playing Saturday against Penn State. He played against Wisconsin, but got hurt in that game, and he's out for the year. Brandon Peters, their quarterback, 
left the Wisconsin game with an undisclosed injury. He has not been cleared for practice. We're expecting Art Sikowski, the transfer from Rutgers, to be the starter, with uh, Ryan Johnson transfer from Northern Michigan and Matt Robinson as the other two quarterbacks. Wide receiver Deuce Spann, former quarterback, by the way, and linebacker Seth Coleman, both out against Wisconsin. With uh, pulled hamstrings, Span status up of the year. Coleman, though, is expected to play. But how do you sit there and, like, these are your players, okay? You practice them in the spring. You practice them in the preseason. So part of their development time is on you. I mean, talk, I mean, you want to sit there and talk about the future saying, hey, look, you know, we, we've looked at, at the conference and where we need to be better in the conference. We're going to have to be better up front. We're going to have to do that moving forward in this conference because we're looking at all the, the offensive and defensive fronts. So that's where we're putting a lot of emphasis on our recruiting on right now. And don't say anything about your current players. Just turn about talk about the competition you're facing in the league. But he took his players, and now he not only threw them under the bus, he then went after he ran over them, he put it in reverse and backed over them. Like, what are you doing? Then he made some statement, which is typical of him, which I've been critical of him for years. Early in his career, when he was an insecure head coach, he'd always be telling you all the things that either he and his staff were doing all the time. You know, you know we told him to do that, we told him to do this, or... You know, because we won, it's because we told him to do this. Whatever. He, early in his career, he did that. And I was always critical of him for that. It's like, look, you got to be securing yourself. You can't be talking about yourself all the time. Memo to the corner office. And then finally, when he got a little deeper in his Wisconsin tenure, he stopped doing that. Now, whether he did that at Arkansas or not, I don't know. Because I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I even saw one press conference with him at Arkansas. Right, but he's back to doing. He said, "We're going into high schools." He said, that "People I've never have gone into here in this state." Like, okay, that's nice. You don't have to always put down other people to make yourself look good. Memo to the corner office. S U I T. That spells suita. I'm starting to draw parallels. But you see, I mean, you don't have to do that. There's no need to. Hey, we're going everywhere possible we can. We think every high school in this state is a viable option for us to take a look at any talent because we think, you know, blah, 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 you know, something like that. Without put, running down somebody before you saying that nobody, you know, we're going places people never went before. I got it. You're working hard. But you, do you have to run down other people to do it? Just my opinion. If you want, I can I can do this in a bitter way, and then you can jump in. <laughs> well, the only thing I, I would only thing I would add to that is when you're in a position like him and you're just taking over a team, you kind of have to earn your stripes first before you start talking future and what you want to do and this and that. You keep that behind the scenes. Well, I don't mind him talking about the future because everybody knew when he got the job there's a process. So you just start talking about the process of look, is it? 
you know, this is what, you know, as we shape the team, this is where some of the priorities we're looking at in recruiting right now, blah, 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 without running down your current team. You don't have to run them down. Yeah, that part is just plain stupidity, and that, again, explains the whole triangle around this disastrous Illinois program right now. I mean, but you start talking about, okay, you know, we, we, there's a vision as to what we have and how we think we can win here. And we're really recruiting to that right now because, you know, we, and especially up front, we really feel that, like, everything begins there. Yeah. That's fine. That's all you got to do without taking your current players and running over them and going, hey, hold on a second. I'm going to throw it in reverse and back up, too, which is essentially what he did. All right, we'll take a break. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. CB and I will be back in a moment. CB. <laughs> I got Captain it. Captain Bitter. Captain Bitter. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today, Nick Rolovich was formally notified by the university that he has failed to meet the requirements as stated in the state of Washington, Governor Inslee's Proclamation 21-14-1, related to vaccination requirements. The noncompliance with this requirement renders him ineligible to be employed at Washington State University and therefore can no longer fulfill the duties as a head coach of our football program effective immediately. It is disheartening to be here today. Our football team is hurting. Our WSU community is fractured. Earlier this evening, I met with our football team and the remaining coaches and staff to notify them directly of Nick's noncompliance with the governor's proclamation. To be at this juncture today is unacceptable on so many levels and is antithetical to the WSU experience our student-athletes so richly deserve. I'm saddened for our football alumni and to all the proud Cougs all over the world for the fracturing that has transpired over the past few months. It's Pat Chun, the athletic director at Washington State. Again, it seems, just based on what they're saying, just the inference is that the religious exemption very well may have been granted, but you have to then, the second step is will then the, the supervisor, or supervisors in this case, then accommodate the individual. And it sounds like they did not want to accommodate so he was done no matter what. Now, you may have an opinion on it. I'm not going to render any opinion on it. I just know what what my personal, how I've gone about my business. And I'll leave it at that. And, um, it's... Uh, yeah. I know when it comes to this issue, like like all the other issues, Matt's bitter about it, but we don't know what part of these bitter about. Uh, it's, it's, does Lisa know you're always this angry? Oh, yeah. When it comes to the game, she knew what she was getting herself into. Ah, oh, I mean, you had to take medication for Eagles games as a kid. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> 